Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello and hello, Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hello. Coming up on today's show, Victoria Beckham would, and we quote, rather die than wear some of Justin Bieber's new Crocs and honestly, same. Plus, the fall and rise of an Aussie fitness queen, Kate and Will's PR team takes the approach of more is better, and that Billie Eilish Vogue cover. How the teen pop star is turning just about everything on its head. But first, Michelle... How was your week? <laughs> I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, I need to find my sound effect. I am engaged, guys. Would you like the story? Annabelle, you haven't heard this. Sarah heard it like a week before I even got engaged because Mitch called you and told you. (laughs) And you somehow kept it in for an entire week, which I'm very, very (laughs) impressed about. One of the worst weeks of my life. (laughs) Because I'm quite well known as being loose lips. And I was like, I cannot possibly ruin this for you. Like, that would be awful of me. So I had to steal myself all week. And I got to Friday night and Ollie said, how was your week? And I said, I am fucking exhausted. (laughs) I'm so excited to not see her again. Yes. So Mitch did propose on Sunday. So we went for a walk with our dog Benji, which is something we do every single day. He proposed on the walk. He had like scoped out a location of where he wanted to propose during the week. And he had two of our friends hiding in the bushes disguised. They had like full brimmed hats on with sunglasses. They were like lying on the ground in between bushes, (laughs) taking photos of it. And yeah, it was just lovely. Then he organized for all of our family to get together at a nearby bar afterwards. So I had both my sisters drive down from the country like four hours away, which was really lovely because they were away for a little bit. And then, yeah, he got me the day off work. That's why he'd called Zara a week earlier to be like, commission I... Oh, he didn't even ask for it. I gave it. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. Oh, you offered. Yes. You I gave go. it first. And then he was like a week later, oh, is she actually working on the Monday? I was like, no. <laughs> and the funniest part about you is you never look at our calendar. So I didn't even feel like I needed to pretend to fill it with stuff. It was just an empty day that you didn't even think about like, why are we doing nothing on Monday? <laughs> that is the funniest thing because literally a day doesn't occur to me until it begins. And then I'm like, what am I doing today? What is Zara planned? <laughs> (laughs) for me in the calendar so yeah we then took the Monday off and we went to the hot springs and we had breakfast together and then had dinner with some of our closest friends at the very same place where we actually met so we went to the same pub where we met in 2015 so yeah very exciting that is so cute (laughs) am I crying (laughs) like no I don't think so very thoughtful he has been designing the ring since 
December last year. So he's wow. been like waiting on the jewelry designer to kind the of patience. like get the ring out. Yeah. So it's been a long time coming. And I think he's had me like pestering him as well because we have a house together. I've got a dog, been together five years. So I was kind of like, hmm, <laughs> this finger feels really naked. And how does Benji feel about the news? <laughs> Benji couldn't give less shit. It was all <laughs> happening. And I was so excited. And he was literally like the most comatose I've ever seen that dog in my entire <laughs> he was, like, life. like whispering to them, I'm so excited. <laughs> But yes, that is my week. <laughs> He's such a good make. No, we are so happy for you. I wasn't surprised when Mitch called me. I have to say, though, I was walking with a girlfriend and I looked down at my phone and I had a missed call from him. And it was a Sunday. So it was the Sunday before he proposed. Yeah. And I said to my girlfriend, Sark, she fuck, Michelle's either dead or she's getting married. Because I was like, Mitch and I talk a lot, but he doesn't ever call me out of the blue. I was like, fuck, I can't text him back either because I was like, I have a hunch that like this is what's happening and I don't want you to see the messages. Mm. And you would, if you saw my name pop up on his phone, you'd be like affair or I'm getting married. <laughs> well, the thing. If Ollie didn't message me in our group chat, we've got a group chat with the boys. And if the message isn't going in there, something serious is going down. <laughs> so, so true. I know. That is exciting. Do you have any recommendations for the week? My recommendation for the week, I know we're going to speak about Billie Eilish. She's been yeah. everywhere this week. I'm not going to recommend the Vogue interview, although I think it's incredible. And that profile piece should absolutely be read by everyone. I really, really loved it. I am going to recommend something adjacent to that. There is a Vanity Fair video of Billie Eilish from last year called Billie Eilish Answers Increasingly Personal Questions Slow Zoom. And it's a really interesting concept where they get a camera to very slowly roll up to Billie Eilish. And as the camera rolls up to her face and gets extremely close to her face, so you can really see her expressions, the questions get more and more personal and more and more intimate. And it's a really interesting watch. I'm a big Billie Eilish. Eilish fan. I think people know that ever since we watched the Apple documentary sure. on her life. And yeah, Mitch, Evelyn and I watched that video a couple of weeks ago and absolutely loved it. So another YouTube recommendation for me. You all loved Troy Sivan last week, so I'll just keep giving you the YouTube videos. Someone messaged us and said that they were listening to us talk about Troy Sivan's house as they walked past Troy Sivan in Melbourne. <laughs> and I was like, stuff like that would seriously trip you out. All right. What about you? How's your week? Oh, I actually didn't prep anything for my week because I <laughs> didn't have anything that really happened that even mildly rivals that. I am very excited for you, Mitch and Benji, though. So I'll just let you take Thanks. the floor for the week. I do have a recommendation, though. I have one of the better podcasts that I've listened to, I actually think, in maybe the last 18 months. Ooh. It's funny because it's hardly a niche recommendation because it's been number one on Apple Podcasts for the last sort of couple of weeks slash month. I genuinely don't but, think I've seen this. Well, what this is, is it? Well, this is the thing. I don't really listen on Apple Podcasts anymore and I am such like a judge a book by its cover when it comes to mm. podcasts. Like if it looks a bit, dare I say, Naff. mask. Mask? You know, like a, a mask sort of style, like a oh, dark black right. and a purple and a greeny colour. Masculine. Masculine. I was like, mask. No. <laughs> like a bunch of people wearing I don't, masks. I don't know if this is something you should actually admit, but if you see something that's dark, I'm like, oh, that's not me. Anyway. It's, oh, it looks very eerie and spooky. That's For what those who haven't seen it, it's like a shadow of a man walking through a faraway doorway, but it's in like a, I don't even know I haven't what even kind given of... the name yet. It's called The Sure Thing. <laughs> it's by the Australian Financial Review. And initially, for this reason, because I saw the artwork, I just didn't think it was for me. But yeah. I have smashed through this, like binged it. And I've really enjoyed the experience of binging a podcast again because I haven't done that in so long. So my younger brother recommended it to me. And it is about Australia's biggest insider trading scheme almost ever. These two 26-year-old guys, one working at the ABS, one working at NAB, conspired to commit like the biggest insider trading scheme ever. And I 
know that sounds a bit dry initially, but it is so interesting to hear. Firstly, one of the guys is interviewed for it. So he served his jail time. They got huge sentences for wow. it. They were really, really young. And there was like this huge betrayal between these two friends. And that was why they ended up getting caught. Like one got oh. way too greedy. They ended up making, well, one of them ended up making like $8 million in six months. <gasps> like bought a, an apartment off the block. Oh. So just got really ahead of himself making all this money and kind of had such an ego didn't actually think that that's something that you would get caught for. Right. It is really interesting. So, so interesting. That white collar crime kind of. I do love white collar that's crime. That's what I mean. You would actually love it. You would love it. I crime without you. gore is my kind of yeah, crime. Too. You both would love it. So I couldn't recommend it more. I know it's top of the Apple podcast chart. So everybody else probably thinks the same thing, but it's really good. The sure thing for anyone who missed the name. I know we got there late because I was so distracted. <laughs> There's we, a door. <laughs> we got there so late. In fairness, they'd be able to tell from the artwork. All right. Well, and let's get into the first segment of the show. This is one of my favourite stories from the week, but i got to say there are a lot of stories from the week that I love. This is a huge bumper episode, but we are starting with Victoria Beckham and Justin Bieber and a pair of Crocs. We are. Now, question for the floor, if you'll allow me. Yes. Did either of you know that Justin Bieber owns a fashion house? No. no. I'm not a big fan of his fashion sense, if I'm honest. Neither. <laughs> neither Annabelle Lee. Very baggy, very like sweaters to the knee kind of vibe and sneakers, which is fine for him. He's clearly loving life. But no, he does own a fashion house called Drew House. And I'm going to read you the tagline. Drew House is a place, full stop. Drew House is a community, full stop. All Drews are welcome. (laughs) So in short, we have absolutely no idea what Drew House is beyond it being some random company that Justin Bieber owns. Now, Justin Bieber through Drew House, has recently done a collaboration with Crocs. The funny thing about Crocs is they've never died. No. They have never died. Somehow. They have honestly always managed to stay just a tiny bit relevant (laughs) and a tiny bit quirky to the point where not just people with zero fashion sense wear them. Yeah. And it only clicked for me this week that Crocs are plasticky clogs. Like it did not occur to me that these are clogs. That's how they're branded. They call them clogs on the Crocs website. Oh. I mean, that's... Interesting, but I'm interested that you've led with that as a fact. I'm like, it's not. Wait, but aren't clogs like healed? They've got some sort of heart yeah. on them? I don't yeah. know. No, but some crocs do have a bit of heart on them, which is an issue in and of itself. Anyway, so Justin Bieber's done his collaboration with Crocs and Drew House, and this is his second collaboration. These shoes, I'm just going to come right out and say it, are so incredibly ugly. Heinous. They are lilac with a few sort of, um. you know how crocs often have little like adjustable, I don't even know what you call it, like little add-on bits on the top of it. They're like almost stickers but not stickers. They're plasticky add-on additional, but they call them something. They're like animals or something. You put them in the holes? Yes, you put them in the (laughs) holes. And so these ones on the Justin Bieber collab are puffy cartoon animals. Hilarious. So he sent a pair to Victoria Beckham, (laughs) right, as like a PR gift as they always do to get a bit of a shout-out. Victoria Beckham opens up the Crocs on her Instagram stories and wrote, a lot of people have been asking me what I'm planning on wearing after lockdown. What do we think about this suggestion from Justin <laughs> Bieber? She also said, okay, this is so kind of Justin to send me Crocs. Never worn a pair of Crocs. This did make me laugh. I mean, it's the thought that counts. Thank you so much. She then put up a poll that said, will I be wearing a <laughs> Crocs? 
Crocs. <laughs> Annabelle, what do you reckon the stat was? For no, no wearing Crocs. I mean, either. <laughs> 90%. No, lower than you'd think. 43% said yes, only 57% said no. I am firmly in camp no against Crocs. You cannot give me an argument unless it's wear them in the shower when you're in like a hostel or something to protect your feet. You cannot tell me that Crocs are a good idea. What would you have voted in this poll though? Because part of me would have voted yes for Victoria Beckham in the Crocs though. Yeah, that's true. Like seeing someone who almost exclusively wears high heels, like Victoria Beckham is constantly in stilettos yeah. and pumps and stuff. It would be kind of funny to see her traipse around in a pair of Crocs. <laughs> I'd still vote no though. I really viscerally hate them. When I see a pair of Crocs, they make me mad. It's like on an anatomical level, <laughs> I feel angry. Like, what is going on here? So, Victoria posts the poll back to her stories and said, well, that was close. I think I'd rather die, but thank you anyway, <laughs> Justin Bieber. And that is absolutely quote of the week. This is something that I would love to just be able to say in everyday interactions. Like, you know when someone asks you to do something, particularly if someone's like, we should get a drink or, like, we should go to dinner and every part of you is like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to commit to any engagement. I wish you could just be like, Thanks, I'd rather die. <laughs> but it's not even like a mellow I'd rather die. It's an incredibly chirpy I'd rather die. It's an exclamation mark after I'd rather die. But thanks anyway. <laughs> I think I'd rather die, but thank you anyway. Thank Aww. you anyway. I mean, no really hard feelings from Justin Bieber's end, I don't think, because they've already sold out. Oh, They do so well every yeah. time they do this collab. So it's absolutely going to be coming back. I will absolutely never be a customer. I think I'd rather die, but thank you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up after the break, a new evolution of Billie Eilish, the fall and rise of an Aussie fitness queen and the most meticulous home video we've ever seen from the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. Every week we bring you the top five or, spoiler alert, six stories (laughs) from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle Zara McDonald, what have you got for me? Look, I'm not going to lie. It's been a wonderful week for celebrity news. It truly has. And I can't say, breaking the fourth wall here, that it has been a wonderful year for celebrity news (laughs) given the pandemic. So it's always wonderful when there's too much to talk about. (laughs) My first story. We just copped the most fucking whack DM about Zach and Vanessa's relationship and I don't know what to believe. That is from Pedestrian. Welcome to Shameless that actually doubles or moonlights as a Zac Efron and Vanessa (laughs) Valadares podcast. I know. They are almost my favourite couple to talk about though. <laughs> and I wouldn't have put this in unless there hadn't been a serious development in the story of Zach and Vanessa. So please allow me, which I know you will because it's your job. <laughs> so last week, Pedestrian wrote an article as the headline suggested after a reader direct messaged them on Instagram. And this reader told Pedestrian to suss out a comment on a really old post, an Instagram post of Vanessa Veladeris. So as we know, Vanessa and Zach broke up a couple of weeks ago. The photo is a picture of Vanessa in New South Wales by the beach and it was taken in December 2017. So that was three and a half years ago. I love the way you're looking at us already being like, come with me guys, we're on this chain together. Come on my pretties. (laughs) That was so creepy. (laughs) No one saw what I actually did with my face and my hands as well. Imagine her frantically gesturing at us and staring deep into our souls. (laughs) So on this photo from December 2017, a woman by the name of Deborah Kelly... I love this. Wrote under the pic, take care, God bless you and Zach. The comment was made 162 weeks ago, which translates to over three years ago. 
So what is going on here? The story that we were told about Zach and Vanessa from last year is that they were introduced at a Byron Bay cafe when she was waitressing. Zach, however, now that we're thinking about it and now that Pedestrian has done the digging for us, know that he spent some time in Australia in December 2017. So could this have been a relationship that actually started much earlier? Maybe they took a bit of a break when he moved overseas and then he came back and they rekindled. I mean, yes, obviously that could be the case. I would also like to posit the theory that there are other Zacks in the world (laughs) that Vanessa could be in contact with. It's just simply so unlikely. (laughs) Anyway, to extend the theory even more, I have more facts at my disposal. Speaking on Kiss FM last week, Jackie O asked Kyle, and as we know, at any opportunity, Kyle will remind us that he is great mates (laughs) with Zac Efron. And before you say this, I refuse to believe that Kyle is now on a first name basis. Kyle Sanderland, for those wondering. (laughs) Oh, please. He's not Madonna. In in the context of Jackie O, (laughs) Kyle is a first name man. Anyway. He was asked to clarify this pedestrian article, which suggested that they had been linked for more than three years. And Kyle said, yes, they've been together a lot longer than people realise. So Jackie kind of pushed and said, like, did they actually meet at the Byron Bay General Store, like we've been told? And Kyle added, I don't know where they met. I might have been told this story, but I wouldn't have cared. (laughs) What a flex. (laughs) I know. It's like... This is just Zach, as if anyone cares. And it's like, mate, you're the one that is telling this story every three days on radio because people are reporting it. You know that people care. Also, if he's your friend, don't you care about his life? Kyle? Yeah, I know. There's a bit of like too cool going on Mm, here. There's a lot of too cool going on. What do we actually think? Annabelle? I just don't understand why Zach and Vanessa would lie about when they met. I think that... Perhaps they had met, it was a little bit of a fling and then they did rekindle maybe at the Byron Bay Cafe. And it's a pretty like, who can be bothered telling the story being like, oh, we had a thing three years ago, then we re-met at the cafe and now we're dating. It's if, easy to tell the second story. If it's a fling, would a loved one comment love to you and oh, Zach? So true. Now I'm confused. Maybe it was a bad breakup the first time around. Like Wait, something bad happened. Or maybe they've never hidden this to their family and friends. I'm pretty sure neither of them have ever commented on their relationship to the media. We've only gone off like pap shots, tabloid reports. Maybe the media just always got this wrong and the people close to Zach and Vanessa have known this and never tried to hide it. People just didn't do their research like you and me. And they just didn't correct the record because why bother? Who cares? Well, anyway... A pretty good update of the Vanessa Zach story, I will admit. My second story. Kate Middleton and Prince William just shared a rare family video of George, Charlotte and Louis. Michelle. That's from Town and Country, sorry. <laughs> Fast and loose operation here today. I don't even know where that headline is from. But this is the story I can't get enough of this week. Ye old Town and Country and I are very fascinated by this video. Have you watched it? No, I have not. I've uh, also never heard of Town and Country. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's very like... This. It's very this story vibe. I feel like equestrian kind of theme as well. Like royal money kind of... um Better Homes and Gardens vibe but kind a bit of like, in. There's a country. bit of money in it, I reckon. Mm. Bit of money and like the whitest magazine I would say that you could buy. <laughs> bit of a tidbit about Town and Country that I haven't fact-checked as I say it <laughs> is I'm pretty sure Town and Country were the ones to publish. Do you remember those photos of Meghan Markle's dad at an internet cafe? Was that Town Googling and Country? Googling her or was he looking at Town and Country images of her? <laughs> Shit. You know what? Just tell us the story about Prince Will and Kate. I'll tell you the story about this video. So last week, Prince William and Kate Middleton celebrated their 10th wedding anniversary. The video did feature their three children, Prince George, Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis. This video is truly something to behold. It is the most saccharine, over-the-top, 
highly produced family home video I have ever seen in my life. I love it. I'm going to put that out really? there. What's not to love, guys? We have a family who can't stop laughing. <laughs> they can't stop traipsing around the countryside or running through grass fields or playing on seesaws or walking down the beach or wearing lots of cosy matching jumpers or roasting marshmallows on an open fire. The thing about this video is I feel like I'm being propagandized. to be honest. <laughs> it feels like royal propaganda and I wish so badly that this wasn't a podcast medium so people could watch the video but please Google it as we talk about it. I feel like when I first clicked into this video, it looks like something that would be on a satirical website that's like satirising a white middle-class family. (laughs) It was when they got to the marshmallows that I audibly said, fuck off. (laughs) It's like you've got Kate Middleton with her arms open, like with one of her kids like running into her arms and she like picks him up and tosses him around. Yeah, it's very much like almost a music video. And there is this like melodic guitar playing in the background the whole way through. There are slow-mo shots. It is definitely propaganda. It was posted with the caption, Thank you to everyone for the kind messages on our wedding anniversary. We are enormously grateful for the 10 years of support we have received in our lives as a family. W and C. There's something very interesting about this because, as you said, it was for the wedding anniversary, but there's clearly been a massive plan that's been put in place after the Harry and Meghan Oprah interview that there's like a big rebrand going on here. There's Mm. a big plan to change the perception of Will and Kate because I think this was one of the first times that we were like, oh, maybe they're not that perfect or maybe they're not that cool. Maybe they're a bit regressive and not good family members. But the thing about a plan like this is – I'm no publicity expert, but surely this doesn't work. Surely this just looks too obvious. It's so shiny. It's like transparent. It's like they've tried to go for we're just the normal wholesome family trope, but they've gone beyond 100% of trying to communicate that to us, that it looks so meticulously done that we're all like, this is just bullshit. There was a great piece in news.com.au about this from Daniela Esler, who wrote, the soft lighting, big smiles and instrumental guitar music all seems redolent of the work of a mid-level advertising agency trying to launch a new SUV or constipation drug. <laughs> I didn't realise until I read this, this was scathing this piece in news.com.au and I think I've been a little myopic perhaps in thinking that News Corp newspapers only go really hard at Harry and Meghan. Another quote from Danielle Esler was, so sure this video campaign might work in the short term but zoom out and expand the view and I think that this video is a miscalculation. Most glaringly it makes them just look a bit desperate. I mean kind of harsh but is it harsh of me to agree it's an like it's 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 an inoffensive video like to be honest it's not hurting anyone but I think if they are trying to win the love of the public back I don't know maybe I'm not the average member of the public but I'm just like it's just to be awkward and obvious yeah it is and look I did as I said exclaim fuck off while I was watching the roasting of the marshmallows scene but I, I don't know, like I, I don't blame them for wanting to put this out into the world. It would be tricky to have lots of people turn on you. I'm not sure what they're like as people. There's so much spin going on in this family <laughs> no. at all angles, I'm at all times of the day. I don't know what to think. I'm completely dizzy. I mean, <laughs> I'm just interested in what they do from here because I feel like this is not even the peak. Yeah, I want I want more videos, to be honest. This is quite entertaining to watch. It was 40 seconds and I wanted it to be four minutes. It was one of the highlights of my day, I would say that. <laughs> my third story. A pretty dark place. Fitness Titan Michelle Bridges on the hardest time of her life. That was a good weekend feature in the Sydney Morning Herald. This profile piece 
was scintillating. It was really interesting. This is a, a kind of different quick and dirty for us this week, given it was a profile in The Good Weekend. So I wanted to put it in to be half recommendation, half chat about it, because I will get Annabelle to put the link in the show notes to this piece because it's a really interesting piece. If you don't know who Michelle Bridges is, she is the 50-year-old former Biggest Loser trainer. I think most of her fame was born from the Biggest Loser franchise. She's the current owner and founder of 12WBT, which was one of the first sort of at-home fitness and food programs that really existed on the market. Yeah, I remember when I was a teenager playing netball, a lot of the netball coaches were like fanatical about 12WBT. I remember seeing the ads on television for it and it was absolutely that kind of like boot camp, get your body ready for summer vibe. Yeah, it was. So she hit headlines last year on January 26th when she was found to be drink driving at about 11am in Sydney's East. And the part about this story that really kind of made headlines was the fact that her young son Axel was in the car When that news hit headlines, she also announced to the public that she and her partner, Commando Steve, as we remember probably from the Biggest Loser franchise too, had split just weeks earlier. What's interesting about this piece is I remember we spoke about this story at the time on the podcast and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is not a good story. Like people just simply shouldn't be drink driving. It's like an incredibly dangerous thing to do. But what is interesting about this piece and why I would recommend it as reading is it was clear she was in an awful place mentally at this Mm. time, which is not going away to excuse the behaviour, but perhaps maybe explaining the headspace that she was in when this happened. And I think she's very much on a path now where she's trying to change what her priorities are. I mean, she's a single mum to Axel. It appears very much from this piece that she's not driven in the same way that she was by her career. Mm. She's moved out of Sydney to a farm, like she's living a much quieter life. And I found the discussion of her split from Commando Steve really curious too, where in an excerpt from the piece, the journalist wrote that she couldn't discuss the details of the split due to legal proceedings in the family court, but did say it floored her. There was this quote, there were things that were very challenging in that, she says, as tears rolled down her cheeks and humiliating. And there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. So that night before the drink driving incident, I had a couple of girlfriends around. Obviously we were drinking. It was simple as that. And then the next morning I made a very bad decision to get in the car. I was eight kilos lighter than I normally am. I'd been extremely stressed and not sleeping. Yeah. And as you said, it's not an excuse to drink drive at any time, let alone with a small child in the car. But it is always helpful in my mind, and I try to live this way as much as possible, to have compassion for people who make mistakes and have compassion for people who do bad things. Well, yeah, I think that is a really great way to live depending on like the gravity of the mistake, right? I think one place I'd hate to be in this world is to be like everyone's just like the sum of their mistakes. Mm. And yet I do believe some mistakes are worse than others. There are some behaviour I would struggle to excuse. But this on which seems to be one instance that she's never repeated that she's really gone to an effort to reform herself on should be noted. Yeah, and also noted that this was a really brilliantly written piece. Like I love reading exceptional journalism in Australia and this is an example of that. So definitely check out the link in our show notes and read this story. Yeah, because I also don't think it's often that women, especially mothers, are given a chance to redeem themselves or rebuild their reputations after they make a mistake. There's something about the staining of a woman or a mother that's really hard for them to come back from. So for that reason, I would also recommend it. Please go read it. It'll be in our show notes. Tell us what you think. Absolutely. My fourth story. Oh, God. (laughs) Tristan Thompson's fling, Sydney Chase, shares messages from Khloe Kardashian allegedly reaching out to her in leaked DMs amid latest cheating claims. That is from the Daily Mail. Take a breath, my gal. Take it from here, Michelle. So 
Sydney Chase is back. My head is spinning with this story. Annabelle, I'm going to use you as kind of judge and jury on this because I simply do not know what to make of this anymore. So a recap on what we covered on last week's episode of Shameless if you missed it. Last week, Instagram model Sydney Chase claimed in an American podcast interview that she hooked up with Tristan Thompson while he was dating and with Khloe Kardashian, his long-term partner and the mother of his daughter, True. She says that they were in contact from November 2020 up until the day after his daughter, True's third birthday party, which would take us up to the middle of April, the 13th or the 14th. So supposedly a sexual affair, she's alleging, between November and mid-April this year. Now, This week, (laughs) according to The Shade Room, which is like an American tabloid that really focuses on influencer culture, Sydney posted over the weekend a screenshot of her phone that showed that Chloe had sent her private messages on Instagram. Sydney did blank out a lot of the messages, but she did leave in two lines. One of them was, I would appreciate if our conversation can remain confidential along with the prayer hands emoji from Chloe. So I think imagine if your phone's on lock screen and you get notifications from Instagram, from DM, that was what she'd screenshotted. Yeah. Now, a couple of things come to mind. The first one is would a Kardashian, with the level of fame they have and the level of PR machinery behind them, actually send a text message to a woman they've never met who has accused their partner of cheating? Like, would you actually put something in screenshot form? I wouldn't. Like, I would never do that. I would send a voice message or I would get my people to reach out or I would have some kind of (laughs) my people. people. I'm not not Khloe Kardashian. I don't have people. It's just me. But I would never. Like, that would never occur to me to have something screenshotable because it's clear that could end up in the media. So for Sydney to claim that Khloe texted her this feels... uh, a bit sus to me. Like, I'm not sure if Chloe would do that. But then I said that to you, Zara, and you kind of disagree. Well, I agree with you to some level. But then I thought, yes, this is Chloe Kardashian, but this is also a woman who might have been cheated on again. And what's to say the people around her were saying, don't contact her. We're not going to give this any airtime. You and Tristan need to sort this out. And she's just gone a bit rogue. Like, what's to say your emotions wouldn't get the better of you and you would just do that against every piece of advice? She's not a robot. I would argue, though, and I think Chloe would agree with me if she was at the table. (laughs) The most traumatic thing for her is the public condemnation and the public commentary around her relationship, not what happens within the relationship itself. So I'd be surprised if someone like Chloe would open herself up to another PR storm. what's to say you're being rational at a time like this? I think that's what we're assuming that you have of sound and clear mind, but I don't think I would. Annabelle Lee, what do you think? Do you think these screenshots are legit? My gut's telling me yes. There's something about the Kardashians that the way they go about things would like most definitely probably occur on Instagram and like yeah. from personal accounts. It just seems like very Kardashian to me. It does, right. doesn't it? I mean, it also makes me wonder, what the hell is Sydney Chase doing? Like it's one thing to come out and be like, yeah, look, I've had an affair. But like you probably could have just gone straight to Chloe. What are you doing sharing these screenshots? Like what are you doing inflicting so much pain on other people? Like I know all these people are famous, but what's going on here? I find it hard to respect someone who does this. I think it's one thing to come out and say we slept together. And again, I think that is something that you should do in a particular avenue. I feel like if you've slept with someone's partner, you should be announcing that in a way that is private. The fact she's done this publicly last week and then this week kind of you used a screenshot, whether it's real or fake, for clout and for PR and for attention makes me really struggle to have a lot of respect for Sydney based on the way she's acting right now. Like I actually think it's 
pretty terrible behavior. Yeah, well, it's just actively causing harm and you're knowingly causing harm, which I don't think I can ever get around. It's not having the girls' backs. It's so going against like girl code. I I don't even know if girl code's a thing. I think it's just like human decency. Well, yeah, but it's like if you sleep with someone's partner, you owe it to the other woman to tell her in a respectful way. And I think she's gone against that. Well, a lot of people would argue that you don't need to tell them, but it's like if you are going to tell the world and she's going to find out, you might as well tell her straight. That's just bad. It's It's all bad. bad. I think we're on the same page. It's all bad. (laughs) My fifth story. Here's what's going on between exes Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck as they reunite in LA. That is from E! News. The last story was all bad. This story is all good. Is it all good? I don't know if I want this. Oh, what? Okay, well. Ben Affleck. We'll get into it. First of all, let's give the details. Do we want a refresher on the Ben Affleck JLo relationship? Yeah, give me a quick one. Okay, so Ben Affleck and JLo met on the set of I want to say Jiggly or Giggly. It's G-I-G-L-I. It was a movie in 2002. I feel like if it's about gangsters, it's not Giggly. (laughs) 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 Gangsters coming for you. Okay, they (laughs) met on the set of Jiggly. Now, a brief interlude for Jiggly, if you'll allow me. This was from the... This is from the Jiggly Wikipedia page. Media gave attention and interest to the film during production, primarily because Affleck and Lopez, the film's stars, were romantically involved at the time. After release, however, critical reception was universally negative, and in the years since its release, Jiggly has been considered one of the worst films of all time. The film was also one of the most expensive box office bombs in history, grossing $7.2 million against a $75.6 million dollar budget. Gee, that's a huge Don't loss. Don't spend that much money making a movie. <laughs> As Rihanna would say, they truly fell in love in a hopeless place. Like this, this is the definition. So hopeless. So anyway, so they begin their relationship on the set of Jiggly in 2002. JLo had just divorced her second husband, Chris Judd, in June. By November, so like a few months later, she was engaged to Ben Affleck. He proposed to her with a six-carat pink diamond with smaller white diamonds around the sides. Their wedding was set for September 2003. They never made it to the altar. Just days before the ceremony, they cancelled the wedding due to, and I quote, excessive media attention. They then broke up in January 2004. And by June 2004, J-Lo was married to another man, Mark Anthony. Giggly. Guys, I've just Googled <laughs> the pronunciation of Jiggly and I think it's actually Giggly. Because Jiggly sounded funny too. <laughs> Jiggly did not. You guys and gaslighted I made, me. I made you say it so many times as well. Fuck, I think it's Giggly. Everyone um, would have been listening to that being like, it's not fucking Jiggly. Well, Stop I, saying. I didn't know it was a flop of a movie. If I knew it was a flop of a movie, then I of course would have said Giggly. <laughs> anyway. I must have been happy gangsters. Yeah, <laughs> Can I have any response to the passage that I just read out about their relationship? No, no, incredible. Incredible work going into that sort of detail. Hello, it is Annabelle here popping in post-edit because I decided to fact-check Zara's live fact-check and I watched an interview between Seth Meyers and J-Lo and they actually both pronounce it jiggly. So Michelle was actually correct and Zara was wrong. Anyway, just a little tidbit for you before we jump back into the show. As we know, fast forward to April 2021 when we spoke about the in-style cover of J-Lo. J-Lo is everywhere at the moment, if I may, for that movie Shotgun. <laughs> 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 if you've listened... 
<laughs> Which obviously I feel like the shotgun wedding PR team are doing incredibly. <laughs> anyway, for that InStyle cover where Ben described her as the hardest working person I've ever come across in this business. She has great talent, but she's also worked very hard for her success. And I'm so happy for her that she seems at long last to be getting the credit she deserves. Very sweet, Ben Affleck. See, how can you read that and not want them to be together? I understand Ben Affleck has his issues. And he has stuff flaws. going on. He's not perfect. Is any of us perfect? Is oh, any one of us on. sitting at this table a perfect everyone person? Everyone makes mistakes. I, everyone fine. makes mistakes. I know we're not the sum of our mistakes, but I will never, ever recover <laughs> from Jennifer Garner's quote to Vanity Fair that went, and I'm going to paraphrase, when his sun shines on you, you feel it, but when it doesn't, you feel very cold. He can leave you, like, in the shade. I think she said he can cast quite a shadow. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm not quite the wordsmith as is Jennifer Garner. <laughs> he can leave you in the it was the best I could come up with with very little warning. <laughs> that was like the wish version of his original <laughs> quote. Anyway, so fast forward to this weekend. Jen and Ben have reportedly been reunited. Photos were obtained by page six that showed quite the logistical setup of them actually arranging to meet up. So an eyewitness says that Ben left his Mercedes at the Hotel Bel Air before he was picked up and taken to JLo's house up the street by a member of her team. That afternoon, JLo's car left her house and dropped Ben back off at the hotel. He had his backpack in tow, by the way. And then he got into his Mercedes and left. So we never saw them together, but we saw him entering her house via a team member and exiting the house a few hours later. What a juicy story. I mean, a source told E! News they are just friends, but that's what the sources always say. I mean... Would they properly get back together after this long? Yes, given how dramatic JLo's love life is. Did you hear that timeline before? There was like a broken engagement, a cancelled wedding and a fresh wedding within the space of two years. Nearly 20 years. I do find it sweet. The only part about the story I will find sweet is like an everlasting love that you can still be in love with someone after 20 years because it's such a long amount of time and so much can change. So... I guess watch this space. I'm pro Benefer, you're anti Benefer. No, I'm Benefer adjacent. Dramatics wise, would love to see it. I'm not sure if it would be the healthiest thing. Annabelle, what camp do you fit in? I'm pro if it makes JLo happy. (laughs) (laughs) Great, we'll give her a call and ask. (laughs) My sixth story, I'm so sorry, but I needed to include this. It's not even a headline. I saw a tweet this week that really, really piqued my interest. It's from Megan K. Stack, and this is the tweet. Sometimes there's that one small detail about a famous person that sticks with you for years. And for me, it's been that Bill Gates negotiated into his marriage the right to take an annual beach house weekend with his ex-girlfriend. This is the juiciest, the juiciest tweet you have ever brought to this podcast. So as so many people would have read this week, Bill and Melinda Gates announced after 27 years that they were splitting. They have about $130 billion worth of assets to split. Good luck to them. No biggie. No biggie at all. Anyway, I think with this in mind, there was obviously a lot of conversations, a lot of commentary about Bill Gates on Twitter. And so this tweet I saw on Tuesday and it blew my mind. So it is true. A Time magazine profile of Bill Gates from January 1997 said that Bill Gates takes a vacation once a year with his ex-girlfriend, Anne Winblad, who is the software entrepreneur and venture capitalist that he dated in the 1980s. So they broke up in 1987. And I think the Time magazine profile suggested it's because Winblad was five years older. She wanted to get married, but they stayed really close friends. So Gates told Time magazine, When I was off on my own thinking about marrying Melinda, I called Anne and asked her for (laughs) approval. Oh, my God. She gave it. 
I said she'd be such a good match for him because she had intellectual stamina. The journalist went on to write, even now, Gates has an arrangement with his wife that he and Winblad can keep one vacation tradition alive. Every spring, as they have for more than a decade, Gates spends a long weekend with Winblad at her beach cottage on the outer banks of North Carolina where they ride dune buggies, hang glide and walk on the beach. We can play putt-putt while discussing biotechnology, Gates says. Surely we're reading between the lines and this means they had an open marriage but only open to a certain extent? I don't think open at all. I think they were just friends. I don't reckon they'd be telling the story if it was open. I think he's an eccentric guy. I think this absolutely fits in with the Bill Gates kind of narrative. No one knows what the fuck's going on there. No one, probably not even Melinda Gates. I think he would be the kind of guy to be very, very unconventional with the way he runs So you marriage. think they're not having sex, Zara, at the beach house? <laughs> you think, you think <laughs> he's hanging out with his ex-girlfriend for long weekends? Like, go to the fucking movies or go bowling if no, you're just mates. but they needed, like, a whole weekend to talk about the intellectual things to, like, thrash out ideas. I don't know. Whatever it is, I know the mature part of me. I know the mature part of me should just say, who cares? Exes can be friends. Let them go and do their thing. But I'm not. I'm not mature. I just slightly <laughs> refuse to accept that that is something that I would let happen in my life. And also, if open marriages are your thing, absolutely. Totally. Go for it. That's totally your prerogative. I just find this an interesting arrangement that it's like one weekend a year. Like, give me one weekend with my ex-girlfriend every 365 days. <laughs> that is so... I'm so confused. <laughs> I was so confused too. I have nothing else to say beyond telling the story and my confusion. So that is all I've got for you. Can I have an oracle moment before we wrap? My oracle moment is that Bill and Melinda Gates are breaking up because Bill and Anne Winblad are finally getting No hitched. way, because Anne Winblad and Bill Gates. Is Anne Winblad married? Yes. <gasps> no, nah, I'm sticking to it. They're <laughs> going to get together. This is why you're not the oracle and I am. <laughs> that is literally all I've got for you. I know there was so much there, but so worth the time. <laughs> I personally loved it. Thank you <laughs> much. <laughs> Thank you, next bitch. It was the story and set of photos that you couldn't miss this week. Billie Eilish gracing the cover of British Vogue, looking nothing like the Billie Eilish we've come to know. Say goodbye to the jet black hair and neon green roots. Say goodbye to the baggy t-shirts and tracksuit pants because the Billie we're looking at now has platinum blonde, vintage-inspired waves and she's modelling designer lingerie and corsets. So what sparked the change? Billie says she's come to a place in her life where she wants to show her body and find empowerment within that body. She's grown, she's changed, and now that she's 19, she's ready to embrace her sexuality. Zara, what was your gut reaction to these images when they were published online? I mean, it was beautiful. The images were very beautiful. I think the first thing I thought was, I wonder if she had deliberately posted that blonde photo to kind of pre-tease this shoot. Mm-hmm. Like we know that that selfie she took of her new blonde hair a couple of weeks ago was like the fastest liked photo in history, in Instagram history. So I was like, is this been a grand plan that we've missed? Yeah, well, it's definitely a deviation away from the Billie Eilish we've come to know and love. And I'm not saying that we love this any less. In fact, I love this even more. I'm all aboard the new Billie look. She did reveal, I know this isn't a very important detail, but I need to squeeze it in. She she did reveal that she has a pretty big tattoo. She always I love said that you cared about this the most. <laughs> well, she did say in the video that I mentioned as my recommendation for the week, she did say that she has a tattoo on her body, but it's one that no one would ever see. And she only said that in 2020. So I think that shows how far she's come in the last 12 months to be like, actually, fuck it. I will show this tattoo. I like it. I want to show my body off. And so she does seem to have either a dragon or a bird or something that 
it's kind of feathery, stretching from her torso <laughs> down to her mid thigh. All I'm imagining is that big Ben Affleck tattoo on his back, <laughs> you know, stretch that he once pretended wasn't real. That is blasphemy to Billie Eilish. This looks nothing I'm like sh- Ben Affleck's tragedy <laughs> of a tattoo. I am kidding. It was interesting in posting the photos on Instagram. British Vogue wrote in their caption for our June issue, cover star Billie Eilish wanted nothing short of a transformation. That Billie is 19 is often hailed as the antidote to toxic tropes for women in pop and has been a reluctant icon of body positivity as well as a feminist thought leader for her fans makes her June cover shoot an intriguing change of gear it's all about what makes you feel good she says so they were very much setting this up before people had read the article as this is her with a transformation that she very much wants because I think one of the first things that I saw when I saw this image and I think I first saw it on the Instagram account shit you should care about when Mm. I first woke up and the top comment was this feels like very hypocritical and they replied straight away to that comment being like you clearly haven't read the article then Mm. and I thought I feel like this would be a very common gut reaction from a lot of people before reading the feature story on Billy and why she chose to do this. I think some of it is understandable as well in that there would be a level of fear or concern from some people that she's a 19 year old who's been pushed to do this but Vogue really went long way to explaining that no all of this was on her direction all of this was her idea and she was really the creative director of the shoot yeah absolutely I think there were some brilliant quotes from Billy through this piece scattered right throughout and it reminded me again of why I loved the Apple documentary on Billy so much because she's so wise like mm. she has some incredible tidbits I mean she did say in this piece that she wanted to start embracing her sexuality and that her body was the initial reason for her depression when she was younger it was a situation that really worsened after she quit down dancing at 13 she was a very talented dancer and then after that her relationship with her body very much deteriorated yeah her quotes that I really enjoyed were it made me really offended when people were like good for her for feeling comfortable in her biggest skin Jesus Christ good for me fuck off the more the internet and the world care about somebody that's doing something they're not used to they put it on such a high pedestal that then it's even worse she went on if you're about body positivity why would you wear a corset Why wouldn't you show your actual body? My thing is that I can do whatever I want. And this is the thing, right? Understandably, I wouldn't say there's been a huge groundswell of confusion about this shoot or mixed feelings, but I would say there's definitely been commentary around from people being like, it's good that Billy's happy, but I have complicated feelings about this. I mean, one journalist whose tweet I wrote down about this was British writer Otaga Uwagba, who wrote on Twitter, I can't decide how I feel about the Billy Vogue cover. She obviously looks sensational, but I'm always suspicious when embracing fairly normative standards of femininity and it is framed as somehow subversive of the male gaze. It feels a bit choice feminism Feminism-y. I can't even say feminism. <laughs> that is like one of the hardest words to say. The fear in your eyes then. That is a really interesting sentiment from Otega Awagba and while I appreciate that's how she feels I feel like maybe that's treating this as very heterosexual who's to say that women can't find this attractive and sexy as well I mean I identify as a straight woman but I look at these and I think she looks incredible and sexy and wonderful who's to say that the only people looking at these photos and finding them beautiful are men and if Billy herself feels incredible Who cares? It really does feel like a bit of faux concern to me that people choose to take a negative angle here. Well, I think there's a couple of things going on. The first thing I would say is that if you're going to use that argument like, well, what's to say it's just men looking at it, you'd have to use that argument for every time a woman strips her clothes off and I don't think it's always as simple as, but it could be for women too. I do think though in this case my feelings about 
women posing and embracing their sexuality have evolved a lot over the years, probably a lot over the course of us doing this podcast because I'm getting older, I'm trying to get a bit smarter. And I feel like I used to be far more black and white about the issue that that a woman taking her clothes off was doing it because she was like in a vacuum and maybe she wasn't doing it out of her own choice. Maybe a lot of people around her pressured her. But now I'm like, maybe that was just fucking internalised misogyny. Mm. Like, was I really concerned about it? And if Billy isn't concerned about it, if Billy and her family, who we know are very protective of her image, are very protective of her, say that this is what she wants to do, then I'm probably going to take that at face value until maybe she eventually turns around and says, "Mm, I regret doing that. Yeah. And I think as well that women who look like Billie Eilish have probably felt like they don't have a place on the cover of Vogue or people with bodies like Billie's have been applauded for daring to show them off or feel comfortable in their own skin. I feel like this is a win for people who see themselves in Billie Eilish. And I would say that the average woman does see themselves in Billie when they perhaps don't see themselves in the typical model slash supermodel who ends up on the cover of British Vogue. Yeah, there was a really interesting piece in the Sydney Morning Herald this week by Jenna Guillaume and she wrote, the images themselves while sexy aren't over-sexualized. A lot of this comes down to Eilish's expression. There's an aura of boredom there. She's not inviting you to look at her. She knows you will and she simply does not care. I think it's that sense for me, for Billy. like she just doesn't care. Like she's just doing this for her. And it's not like she did it the minute she turned 18. It's not like she did it four years ago when she became famous. She's had a long time in the public eye to decide what image she wants to put out. Yeah. Another quote that I really loved on this thread was suddenly you're a hypocrite if you want to show your skin and you're easy and you're a slut and you're a whore. If I am, then I'm proud. Me and all the girls are hoes and fuck it, you know, let's turn it around and be empowered in that. Showing your body and showing your skin or not should not take any respect away from you. I think it's relevant too when we're considering this interview and this feature and that is such a good quote and it was one that people loved on Instagram when we posted it this week is the fact that there was a huge thread about the abuse of minors in this interview. She said that her new single Your Power delves into an abusive relationship between an older person and a minor. Eilish did say that she has experienced abuse on some level. She didn't go into detail. She said that it didn't happen by a music industry figure. And I think there has to be some relevance of that here. Like there has to be some relevance of her deciding to take her power back now. And perhaps also give more context as to why Billie Eilish has curated her public image in the way that she has. Like she was so, so young when Ocean Eyes came out. She was only 13 when she kind of entered the public eye and kind of had the spotlight on her. If she does have a history of being abused by an older man, then perhaps that speaks volumes as to why she's wanted to cover up and why she's wanted to really push back against the over-sexualisation of girls. And it's actually really joyful that maybe she can enjoy this side of life now when sex is such a joyful side of all of our existence that she can actually embrace that for once. One thing I wanted to bring into this conversation very quickly was that very famous quote from Taylor Swift's Miss Americana documentary where she said everyone is a shiny new toy for like two years. The female artists have reinvented themselves 20 times more than the male artists. They have to or else you're out of a job constantly having to reinvent constantly finding new facets of yourself that people find to be shiny. Mm. I have to say there has to be a part of this that's got to do with reinvention too given an album's coming out not to be cynical about it I think this is genuinely something that Billy wanted to do but I do lament that she will probably have to do this a few times over the course of her career if Taylor Swift's quote is to go by don't you think it makes female artists just on the whole more interesting though and impressive like, and impressive and the, the longevity end. of their careers truly stand out I mean how many times have we touched on JLo who is now in her 50s how's JLo became such a staple of the show in 2021 <laughs> JLo and Vanessa Velody 
just shameless content 101. But J-Lo is consistently spoken about on this podcast. So is Taylor Swift. So is Beyonce. All these incredible women who have been in the industry and been at the top of the industry for over a decade. How many male artists can we actually say that for? Like, yes, female artists are expected to reinvent themselves, but they're also fucking killing it. Like, even look at Olivia Rodrigo to bring in another teenage pop star who's at the top of her game right now. Billy and Olivia aren't even 20 yet, and yet they are at the very, very top of the music industry. Yes, it's annoying that we kind of discard women, but it's also bloody impressive that women have risen to the challenge and be like, fuck you guys, I'm going to be relevant because I have the talent to be relevant for a very long time. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Hey, I think that is all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you want to support the show, hit that green follow button on Spotify or that purple button on Strapple. <laughs> I really got lost there and tried to save it. What the that fuck? was like when you Thrapple. That was when you like tumble in public and try to keep yourself standing. <laughs> like every time you trip, which yeah. basically happens every, every day. day you walk into the office. Guys, thank you so much for supporting us. Next week's scandal is a juicy and meaty one. It is Kim Kardashian's 72-day marriage to Chris Humphreys. It's in two parts. I am very excited. I am very excited. Annabelle Lee, anything to add? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just going to change the tone of my no every no. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thanks so much, guys. And congrats again to Michelle Mitchell Rees Andrews. Oh, no, don't do that. I'm staying Michelle no, Andrews. No, Mitchell Rees was your middle name. You're nah. saying Michelle Andrews? Nah, just Michelle Andrews. <laughs> nah, nah. I nah. love him, though. I do love he him. He can change his name to Mitchell Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.